Thanks a lot for being here this evening. My name is Kevin Conover. You're on Educate for Life Radio, and we're broadcasting down here in Southern California on KPRZ 1210 AM. Uh, that's KPRZ 1210 AM down here at your local Christian radio station. And uh, we're also in, on FM 106.1 in North County. And, um, and then, of course, we're all over social media and everywhere in that regard. And uh, we've had some fantastic interviews um, recently, uh, really been blessed by uh, just people that are serving God um, in different aspects uh, of uh, life and uh, all in different places all over the world uh, doing amazing things. It's really, really cool. And uh, tonight is uh, we have a, a guest, very special guest, uh, Dr. Mark Armitage. Uh, and just a little bit about about him. He started Microspecialist, which is a microscope company in 1984 in LA. He has a Bachelor of Science degree from Liberty University. He has an MS in electron microscopy and parasitology uh, from in 1997. And um, he's also worked in the lab of Dr. Richard Lumsden, who has a PhD from Rice University. He has a doctor of education from Liberty University. And his uh, his notoriety uh, his, uh, comes from, um, I, I actually had the opportunity to interview um, him back in 2015 when he was dealing with a lawsuit that took place because he had found a triceratops horn, I believe the largest triceratops horn found to date um, that actually had soft tissue. Uh, Mark, thanks a lot for being on the program today. Thank you so much, Kevin. It's great to be. Hey, can you catch catch our listeners up with what happened um, with you in that triceratops horn, just for those who don't know about it? It was a fantastic find. Uh, it, it, was, it was the large horn from that site in Hell Creek. Uh, it's the largest ever discovered, but I haven't read of long. And certainly none of them had the soft tissue. And I was shocked because I am a soft tissue processing expert. That's what I did for Cal State University Ridge and many other companies that I've worked for. And uh, so when I cracked this thing open with my hands without even processing it, I found this sheet of stretchy bone. It's called fiber or bone because it hasn't yet been cemented yet by the bone mineral. It's still the collagen carpet and it had cells in it. So I thin sectioned that. It made the cover of a journal. The Department of Biology at Cal State Northridge was really pleased. Then I published a paper uh, on it in a prestigious journal and two later I was fired. So I did uh, enter a wrongful termination lawsuit and it took two years, but uh, they did finally settle out of court. They paid out over $2 million when you got their attorneys as well. So this is a very expensive uh, thing for them. And it actually had the fortuitousness of drawing a lot of attention to this discovery. Uh, we're the first ones to ever find stretchy tissue with cells inside of them. And that made the cover of a journal. And since then, we published seven other papers. So, <clears throat> pardon me. We've got two in press brand so, and five already published. And we're from all kinds of uh, world first. So we can do that. That's phenomenal. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, at the time, there was so many different lawsuits that had been, t t uh, you know, there was a lot of Christians dealing with different a variety of different lawsuits at the time um that i was keeping track of and and a lot of them were losses and so when we were in the middle of that when when i was talking to you uh, you were not sure of the outcome at that point in time no i was not and it was tenuous but uh because we did a thing called discovery uh we got access to almost thirty thousand pages 
about a week before trial. So I didn't sleep that last because I was going through all these papers. I found smoking guns where they were actually disparaging religion and uh, my First Amendment right to free speech. And so the judge ruled in a, in a little summary ruling that if we go to trial, that will be fact number one on the table that you violated his uh, uh, First and Second Amendment rights. So not Second Amendment right to free speech and religion. So that act already. So they knew they had to settle and uh, it worked out amazingly. I just watched as the Lord out and it was amazing to be a part of it. But yes, my attorney, Alan Reinach, uh, who's with the church state council, he said, because he's, he's a lawyer, he knows all about these uh, wrongful termination and employment lawsuits. And he said, this is the first one where any secular institution is actually paid out mm. uh, a result of what they did. So it, it didn't really set a precedent. Uh, I think that's why they settled out of court, because once you have a judge rule uh, officially in a court of law, then it's a precedent. So they didn't want to establish a precedent in my mind. So they just out of court. Wow. Yeah. And, and I, you know, this is relevant to our entire discussion because um, the reason that um, a, a big part of it was because in the journal, in the peer reviewed journal that you published in, you specifically stated that there's no way this soft tissue could be as old as, you know, millions and millions of years old. Um, Actually, that's not true. I, I did not state that. Oh, you I, didn't. Oh, okay. No, no. I just, I just presented the science. Uh, the only conclusions that I drew was we need to study this more effectively and more widely. Uh, no, they, they're the ones that added all those words in their interpretation. And so, but, but it's because the evidence is, is logical. I mean, it's common sense that these kind of cells and, and other structures and vessels, we're even finding the, the little uh, uh, valves that fall out of the veins that keep blood inside the vein, but we're finding a lot of clots. And we're finding nerves, uh, lots of nerves. And so these tissues cannot last uh, time. They break down readily. It's shocking to me that they're even there. And they're they're abundant. Every dig that we've been on digs. And so all these bones, we thin section, we find clots in them, which means they drown. We've clawed nine different individuals across about a thousand square miles. Um, so indicative of drowning, but it, 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 it makes such common sense to the average person, they can't conceive of soft tissues like this lasting that long. And so deep time really gets erased from the whiteboard because these tissues have no preservation mechanism. There's nothing that we know of that can preserve these tissues. Yeah. And so that's what I, I wanted to ask you about that too. But um, because I was reading an article recently um, that they're actually going back into some scientists are now because this is becoming so common. Um, they're going back into museums and re looking at the bones and finding soft tissue in the bones that are already in the museum. There was a study published recently where that I think they collected 19 or 17 museum specimens and found out. 17 had soft in them and they were in museum collection. So no, this is, this is common. I predicted that in 2012, when I first found the horn, I predicted that this would be the norm. Rather than, and 
there's something like 130 papers now, and every week there's a new one coming out. Wow. So, so um, you know, a lot of people are, and this this came up exact. Uh, you know, the the real famous one was Mary Schweitzer and the T Rex bone, um, and there was all this pushback about uh, no, 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 this is either you know a mistake on her part or whatever the case, and then um, people started trying to figure out how can we how how can this last for millions of years and a big part of it had to do with iron in the in the system and this these sorts of things you know and uh it's crazy to me because it's almost like gosh guys i mean when are you going to decide that <laughs> this is you know this you guys are wrong your paradigm is wrong we need to kind of shift our thinking here and are you seeing a shift in the thinking among scientists or is or are we now just going to go down this this fantasy land uh where uh, you know, you make up your own science and you say, you say soft tissue can last millions of years when it's obvious it can. Right. No, I, look, the work that Dr. Schweitzer, she wasn't the first one to publish on dinosaur soft tissue. People don't know in the, in the 60s, Dr. Pauliki, Roman Pauliki, just uh, uh, widely on dinosaur soft tissue. So she just kind of resurrected and hit the big journals uh, in, in 95 word, but she did her work so carefully that uh, the, the, all the objections that were raised, for example, the biofilm uh, 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 theory that these are only biofilms by bacteria, leftovers, poop of bacteria, that was dispensed with. Uh, contamination was leveled. And it's impossible for these things to be contamination because cells don't crawl out of a bird that breaks bone on the surface and crawl through the dirt and find a dinosaur and crawl inside and you know hook up just so because they're all connected right so no it's it can't be contamination so and then she did some molecular studies uh using very sophisticated microscopy techniques to find actual molecules and she found histones and which are dna wrapping proteins i mean they're still there in the nucleus of these cells that she's looking at so her work was so careful that they painted themselves in a corner and realized, oh, oh, we don't have a mechanism for this, but we know it's 68, 70, 75, 158 million years old. They're, they won't abandon that paradigm. Hmm. So uh, they had to find a preservation mechanism. And as you said, they went after iron and they claim it's the iron in the blood. And they did only two experiments uh, to quote unquote prove this. And they're laughable. I mean, they're like tenth grade science experiments. The first experiment, uh, they first the first thing they did was they took chicken blood and emu blood and they put uh, an anticoagulant into it. Why? Blood clots. Okay, it's what it does. As soon as you cut open a vessel, all kinds of signal are sent into the bloodstream, saying, "I have a clot." I mean, I have a, an open. You better clot. You better start the clot reaction. And so yeah. clotting is so well known. So they had to inhibit clotting. Then they had to uh, high speed centrifuge out all the clotting factors. They had to use uh, molecular filters to filter out the molecules that cause clotting. I mean, come on. This is not <laughs> representative of dinosaurs being buried in the mud of Montana and being there for who knows how long, certainly not more than a thousand years. And the other thing is all the clots that we're finding show that the blood stayed in the canals. 
the clots are in the canal. Mm. So if the blood is clotted, how can it get out into the bloodstream or out of the end of the bone and preserve the cells? By the way, iron will chew up cells like Pac-Man chews up little bits, okay? Yeah. If, look what iron in the presence of oxygen and water does to bumpers in Detroit in the winter. You think that's going to preserve these delicate little cells, which are 200 nanometers thin? I mean, I've shown in my journal pictures structures that are so thin. They're, if you take a human here, let's say, and you divide that in 100 pieces, right? And you take one of those pieces and you divide that into 1,000 pieces, count 200 of those. That's how small some of these structures are. And yet they're still there perfectly preserved. Iron would have chewed those like butter. So no, the wow. cells are preserved. The nerves that we're finding have fat. They have lipids oozing out of them. Come on, come on. This stuff has to be young and there's no preservation mechanism. The iron does work. The iron is, a, in fact, I told him, hey, if you can get this iron thing to work, you got to patent it because yeah. all these people <laughs> want to freeze their bodies for science, right? Yeah. You can sell that stuff. stuff. Oh, yeah. for sure. It, it's a joke. They, they, they're whistling past the graveyard. And uh, but, you know, my argument is not with them. I, I'm not I don't argue anymore. I just testify. That's yeah. what we're here to do, right? Just testify. So that's why we give everything away for free. We want people to have these books to give away. We'll ship you books if you want to give them away. That's how committed we are to this. So for those of you listening, my guest today is Dr. Mark Armitage. And, um, you know, he he has all kinds of resources that you can check out. Um, just go to his website. It's Dinosaur Soft Tissue research institute that's dstri.org you can check him out there dstri.org and you can also check him out on youtube just type in his name armitage is spelled a-r-m-i-t-a-g-e and uh he's got all kinds of youtube videos and stuff up there that you you would find useful and um tell us what you're doing with how you're traveling around because i think there's a lot of people out there that would be so blessed um because i mean really what you're doing there nobody else is doing this there's there's, there's nobody else doing what you're doing and so yeah. um we need to we need to multiply you and your efforts man <laughs> tell do. us what you're we doing do. we're, we're trying to make it easy for folks to do that look we looked at we i looked hard and long at the sermon on the mount and i realized that our mandate is is not to be arguers it's not to win debates with people uh, and, and it's certainly not to be a business, uh, you know, that, that's organized to make money and be a money changer. You know what he did with the money changers. So when we realize that dinosaur soft tissue is for every human, look, if, if the flood was real and this carpet of soft tissue follows the Cretaceous all around the planet. So we're, we're literally wrapped in a layer of soft tissue that shows God's judgment in the flood. Mm. That means a second judgment is coming. But more importantly, it means that every male that you, Kevin, and I look at is a brother in Adam. Hmm. Every woman that we look at is a sister in Eve. We come from one couple. We're one race. Look at how this can solve race relation problems. We have so many problems hmm. today with this. We're, we're going into Minneapolis where, you know, George Floyd was murdered and all the riots and everything. People are on polarized, they're polarized away from each other. Dinosaur soft tissue should be bringing us together to realize that we're one race. We're all sons and daughters of Adam and Eve. We belong to each other. We're here to take care of each other and to be humble until the Lord comes again because he's coming back. Hmm. 
I love that approach. I mean, I, I, I feel the same way, you know, um, with my students, you know, I, I have 12th grade students who are all, you know, trying to figure everything out. And I've, I just start off by telling them, look here, I'm not, I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm just here to present the information. Um, you know, it's, it's not rocket science. It's really actually pretty clear when you just put it out there, you know, and like, kind of like what you're, you're saying here is all I've got to do is put this in front of people and people are going to go, wait a second. Okay. This can't be 65 million years old. So maybe I need to rethink my history. And the, and the, that's what the Bible is. The Bible is a history book. Uh, you know, it shares the history of the world and God's creation and his relationship with people. And so, so um, that's awesome. Now you, you were telling me um, that you, I think you said you have seven, um, uh, articles now published or in process. Um, tell us about the different articles that you're publishing beyond, beyond the Triceratops one. What, what, what else are you finding and what are, are you publishing about? Wonderful question. Uh, we have two in press right now. I'll tell you about those in a second because they're very exciting. But uh, we started out by publishing, of course, in the Acta Histochemica with article, which was 2012. That was the first one. Then I got fired from the university. And so, and I had to go through a couple of surgeries. I had a brain stem surgery and then I had open heart surgery, but I, I was doing research all the time, uh, working with these bones. And then we started publishing again. So uh, we published uh, five papers so far. The most important ones are the clot papers. Uh, uh, the first clot paper that we published showed uh, clots in, uh, in three different individuals, I believe it was, but nine specimens. And so from different digs. So we're finding clots uh, over and over and over again in different digs and with different individuals. Uh, are the these latest... different Are these different kinds of dinosaurs? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Triceratops is one. Uh, Camarasaurus is another one. That one's about 158 million years ago, according to conventional dating. Uh, and then Nanotyrannus, which is about 70 to 90 million years old. Uh, and that's a very controversial dinosaur. A lot of people think that one is a juvenile T-Rex, but a lot of other people say, no, it's its own uh, uh, category. It's its own genus. Uh, and so that's a hot topic right now. So it's good to, to find that dinosaur with clots in it. We've also found clots deep into the Permian. We, we published a paper on Dimetrodon. So we went to Oklahoma and we dug in the Permian. That's supposed to be 290 million years old. Oh, wow. And we found clots in there. Uh, that's already published. So we have clots in several different individuals and we're finding nerves. We found nerves in Triceratops condyle, which is the bone at the base of the skull. That guy, and I'm still getting nerves and cells out of that. Uh, and recently, we just processed a bunch of limb bones from the Permian, 290 million years old, and they've got some of the most beautiful nerves I've ever seen. And by the way, the journal gave us the journal cover when we found the nerves. So wow. this is being recognized by science. It's really humbling. It's really exciting. But we're making a lot of world first discoveries. And I'm pinching myself because it's like, wow, why me? You know, <laughs> that's so great. And, you know, um, that that I was going to ask you another question about that when you you know you held up that magazine and showed hey we got the cover here um, was that that was my question was is secular science um, taking note of these findings and what you're doing um, and how are they how are they responding to uh, to this is there animosity is there you know are you getting letters do you get emails do you get 
people going, Hey, I want to learn more about this, or I want to dig further, or, you know, what kind of, what kind of responses are you getting from all this stuff? Um, wonderfully, I'm getting both. I, I do get, of course, the folks who laugh at me and, and I just ask them, why are you here? You know, if you're not here to learn, uh, but I don't, I don't pay attention to that. That's it's, this is really not about me. It's about the work, but uh, thankfully some workers are collaborating with us now. Um, we've been invited into uh, a university uh, to go speak to their graduate students and their professors. So um, other researchers are citing our work in their publications. And so, look, we realized that the work had to be done. Um, sadly, uh, folks with resources in this movement uh, aren't doing the work. And so uh, we just laid it at the Lord's feet and he's blessed every effort. But I think because we're publishing, uh, we can occupy the high ground and therefore we don't have to argue because we're simply presenting our science and people are welcome to come uh, to the lab. We're, we're going to establish a lending library for other scientists and they can check out materials and, and, and we're happy to train people. We believe that this is on the earth because God bragged about dinosaur bones in Job. He had them, he had a plan for them from the beginning for such a time as this, when our world seems to be on fire. I mean, you look at the battle of good and evil playing out before our very eyes. And so I think God raised up this opportunity for us to share this with everybody. That's why this can't be sold, shouldn't be sold. It should be given away. We're producing the books. You can order the books. You can give them away and use this as a tool to reach those folks, not the hard-hearted folks, not the ones who just want to argue. Um, they can read it for themselves. They can look at it for themselves. It's the folks with an open heart and an open mind who, who are seeking truth and are being lied to. Uh, mm. Frankly, people are being lied to. So that's why we go out. And you mentioned the labs. We take 20 microscopes. We have a whole college level laboratory and uh, we have 20 students and they go through this three hour laboratory. It's amazing to watch their transformation. They are changed people. Uh, when they come out of the lab. And so I figure if you can't change a PhD, uh, you can train a 13-year-old and he'll go change the PhD. That's right. <laughs> he'll become the PhD, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so um, you know, let's say somebody's listening and they, they're interested in this. And you, you said you travel around the country, um, you take this basically whole lab and they actually get to act. Do they actually get to look at soft tissue under the microscope? Yes, not only do they uh, look at soft tissue, they get to handle the specimens themselves. They handle all the bones, they see the clots in the bones. We use dissecting microscopy to do a lot of the bone work. And then I dissolve a bone and I actually bring them, here's a, a container right here. So this, this is what I call bone juice. There's these little bags in here, that's bone juice. And we will pipette that out on the slides and they will go to their microscopes and it's so fun to watch them find the nerves. They jump up and down when they find a nerve. They get their phones out and start photographing them. And, and wow. we give them pictures they can put on their thumb drives. They get free books. So they can go home and write a report, books to share with their friends and teachers. Uh, we're trying to put all the tools that we can into folks who might be a little intimidated by this work. 
Look, some of the, the cool thing about biology is there's job security because the jargon is so difficult, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I try to, to, uh, to make it simpler and more understandable uh, in a fun way so that students and parents can share these things with their family friends. So if somebody wants to set something up this, uh, something like this up, uh, what's, the, what's the first step? How do they get a hold of you? They can go to distri.org, D-S-T-I.org, and there's a contact uh, tab there. They can contact us through Distri, and uh, we'll get back in touch with them. Uh, we'd like to work with the homeschool course. So if you're a homeschool coordinator and you're looking for STEM content, uh, real hands-on science uh, your students, uh, we would love to come. There's no fee for us to come. Uh, we encourage the students to do a little yard work wash a few cars because they have a little registration fee that they pay for but see that's their ownership now so they're come in owning it and uh, we want them to do that but we don't charge the school uh, for example in minneapolis we're doing a church service we're preaching then we're doing a parent meeting and then a large meeting that night we're speaking at the twin cities creation conference later in the week we have a pastors a free pastors luncheon for pastors to come they can look through the microscope. So no, we we invested a lot in this because this is the moment. This is the time. Our, our students are devastated. Look at the test scores that they just published. Our students need encouragement. They need faith. They need to know that this is going to end. These difficulties will end, but you'll be on one side or the other. Mm. There's, you know, everybody's afraid of binary today. Uh, and they want to, they, they're all confused about many things. God is very binary in many ways. And that's a blessing because there's no confusion. And yeah. you have the opportunity to make a yes or no choice. We want people to be informed and to make the right choice because God wants a relationship with you. He made you because he loves you and he wants to walk with you in the cool of the day. So it's going to happen. Second Peter 3 says the next judgment is coming by fire. Do you know that there's 60 billion tons of frozen methane under the Arctic? No, I had no idea. To the surface? Yeah. And you can light it on fire today? Whoa. So, so tell us about that. Where does that come from? Scientists have found frozen methane that's probably related to the flood. It's all that methane that was produced, but it was buried so deeply that it froze. So it's unreactive, but it is bubbling to the surface. Uh, I forget the technical term that they use for it. If you contact me through Distri, I'll send that to you. But there are pictures of people lighting it on fire in the ice in Antarctica. So you have a flame coming up out of the water where the methane is bubbling up from the ocean floor. So global warming, climate change, all these things. I think God is turning up the heat on the planet. Because 2 Peter 3 says everything's going to melt in the heat, even the atomos, the atoms. So there's another judgment coming. We want everybody ready. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And if you're new to this kind of information, I mean, this is really important information because really it, it determines your worldview. I mean, if you believe in uniformitarianism and an old earth and billions of years and these sorts of things, you're going to have a completely different perspective than if you believe what the Bible says and that all of creation started right around 6,000 years ago. Then there was a worldwide flood 4,400 years ago. And then the whole question becomes what happened to the dinosaurs and how do they fit into the different perspectives? And what Dr. Armitage is showing here is that um, 
is that we have evidence, hard evidence. This isn't hypotheticals. This is hard evidence that these dinosaurs went extinct recently, not millions of years ago, like that paradigm has said. And, they drowned. Um, they drowned in, by asphyxiation in water. Claude yeah. Charlotte. Yeah. And so, uh, so this is worth your time to explore. So, um, uh, Mark, so the, regarding the books, you're, you were saying that you're willing to give people books. Um, tell us about these books. What, what is the content of these? Are these like high level, like college graduate level books, or are they something that, you know, a junior high, high school and the average parent can understand? Yes, we, we uh, use illustrations uh, and, and photographs. We all of our high quality uh, micrographs, pictures we take through the microscopes are in there, but a lot of explanation. Uh, we have a, a, a character called Old Stretchy, the dinosaur bone cell, and he's kind of uh, our adventurer uh, through the two books. Uh, the first one is about Triceratops and the horn. It talks about the dig. It shows the cells we found, the stretchy soft tissue, uh, things like that. Uh, and there's a there's a creation message, and there's also a message of of hope of, of talking to God personally. A lot of people say, I don't have a relationship with God. I, I don't go to church. I don't read the Bible. Well, you don't have to do those things. Just open a dialogue with the Lord. Just say, you know, Lord, I know you're there, and I, I want to talk to you, and I I'm feeling this, or this is hurting, and I need your help, and you know, just start a dialogue and. And that's what I do. I just, all during the day when I have to talk to him about something, I just go, anyway, Lord, because it's a continuing conversation. So start that conversation and he'll, he'll put you in front of the right people. He made you. I remember a professor telling me at the University of Florida, 17 of the molecules that you breathe in this classroom during this class were breathed out by Jesus Christ. Well, he's a lot closer than 17 molecules. Yeah. He's right at your right hand. He wants to have a friendship with you. And you know what? He's the nicest guy in the whole universe. He's got a fix for what's going on, but we got to get on his side. We got to make the choice. So that's why we're doing this. That's the only reason. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. It's amazing how God can work on in so many different avenues through so many different people to, to share his love with people. Um, I'm always astounded by uh, God's generosity. Um, well, so I had another question too, kind of on, on back to a, a, another thought here, you know, with all these secular scientists um, that are finding stuff, because it's not just, uh, it's not just you, it's, it's many different scientists that are finding this stuff. And um, are, do, do you ever reach out to them? And uh, is there any effort to collaborate? Or do they kind of draw a line in the sand and say, no, 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 we know your perspective. And we're going to keep trying to figure it out over here with the millions of years thing and we'll let you do your thing over here or is there any uh bridges there there's both um you know certainly uh, people do draw lines and and i don't disparage people for that everybody has the right to make their own choice and decision i just want them to be aware of what it is that we're presenting so that they understand um, but we are building uh collaborative uh relationships with some folks it's very exciting they're a little skeptical. I remember one forensic scientist uh, I've been discussing with, he's written some articles uh, uh, you know, from the other side, uh, arguing for old earth. And, but uh, what I pointed out to him is, hey, you missed all these papers that we've been publishing and uh, they're available. All the researchers know how to search for these things. It has a DOI number on it. So each of our articles can be searched and 
so, uh, and, and we opened a dialogue together and now he's conversing with me. Um, I told him about the nerves with the lipids in them and he was, uh, I said, do you wanna see photographs? He said, no, I'll wait till the paper is published. So that's refreshing. It's refreshing that to is. have someone who's willing to consider these things. Look, the other thing is if I'm wrong, I wanna be proven wrong. Mm. Um, I don't want to do bad science, uh, but the more I look at these nerves, they all have the same characteristic crosshatch pattern all down them, and, and that's diagnostic for nerves. So the cells, they all have these little thread feet that come out from them. That's diagnostic for the cells. So we know it's not contamination or biofilm. It's the real deal. So uh, it, yeah. it's a treasure trove of information that science needs to look at. And then, um, yeah, that, you know, I asked you about secular scientists, but, you know, there are a lot of um, Christians who are uh, either on the fence or they're, you know, they, they, they believe that, uh, you know, Adam and Eve, uh, and they believe in progressive day creation or something like that. And, um, you know, uh, it'd be, I'm, I'd be curious for somebody like, you know, uh, Dr. Stephen Meyer or somebody else from the Discovery Institute uh, to hear what they think of something uh, of these findings, because, uh, it seems so difficult to get around the facts of this that it's it's just uh, you know crazy. Uh, that it may be impossible for some people to get around, and maybe that's why they're ignoring it. But mm. that's their relationship with Jesus that they got to work out. You know, this stuff is real. It's here. Uh, I tell people about ninety percent of all the bones, and we're digging at all the famous digs. I mean, we're going to the same digs everybody else is going to, and uh, either they're overlooking what we're finding or they're ignoring what we're finding uh or i don't know maybe they're afraid of what we're finding uh mm. but that's not what this is about it's about progressing in science and understanding what truth is uh you know the word science has as its root the word true truth so we just want uh people to, to know that this is there and also we're trying to explore it as much as possible uh we're starting to make predictions now based on our science which is what real science is supposed to do. So we're predicting that clots in undisturbed bones are going to be predominant. I would say 100% of undisturbed bones uh, and unfractured bones, because a lot of the bones that we dig are fractured. They look like they went through a cement mixer, really. Uh, they're, they're cracked and, and uh, broken apart. They're not articulated or put together. So I would say 100% of undisturbed bones have clots in them. Maybe 90% of disturbed bones do. Um, and, and I'm finding nerves in just about everything. So I'm saying that we're going to find more and more of this, particularly I'm going to predict that we're going to find the best nerves in jaw bones because uh, you look in the literature and you see all the canals that travel through the jaws where all these nerves uh, were. So I'm predicting right now. Uh, and I just predicted this on the radio in Minneapolis an hour ago, that we're going to find the best nerves that we've ever found in jaws. So when we went to Montana in May, we found a complete triceratops skull. Uh, we couldn't stay to remove it. The, the dig team says that there's probably a whole skeleton there, might be a complete triceratops. But I want that jaw because I think that <laughs> jaw is loaded with nerves. Yeah. The other prediction we can make is that... Um, we believe that if we dig in the permafrost uh, up in Alaska, I think it's called the Liscum bone bed, uh, we'll find in, intact neural tissue, maybe complete spinal columns if they're 
not torn apart uh, with nerve tissue in them. So um, no, I think the sky's the limit for this line of work. And uh, you know, you can put your head in the sand or you can come join us and help. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, um, you said the sky's the limit. Um, I, I was just reading because I, I was doing a little bit of research and it looks like this was just, just came out in the news. Um, uh, so, somebody up in Calgary, a hobbyist paleontologist found a fossil with skin, all the skin on the, the dinosaur, a hadrosaur. And, uh, I mean, that is just crazy. Um, I mean, and, uh, you know, somebody's out there is going to ask, so, uh, Mark, uh, when are they going to start cloning uh, dinosaurs? You know, is that going to happen? <laughs> well, that's that's a great question. With a new Jurassic Park yeah. film out, you know, the, the, the orcs get bigger and bigger, which I always marvel at because they would be eating like five or 10 tons of food a day. And I don't see big piles of food in those movies. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they feed them. But no, look, that has to do with DNA, uh, nuclear material. And, and uh, it, it has a short half-life DNA we call it labile. It's very fragile. It's a sugar molecule, basically. So anything that likes sugar in the ground is going to go after it, and they do. So it's highly fragmented. They might find they might find a gene or two. Uh, like I say, this stuff is very labile. But if it's in the permafrost, they might be able to find it, uh, and 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 then they have to uh, sequence it. They have to you know determine the whole sequence. So for all the base pairs to be there, the half-life is only 500 and some years, I think mean, 570 years or something. So it goes away pretty quickly in 10,000 years. So even if the flood was 10,000 years ago, or even 6,000 years ago, or 4,000 years ago, I don't know. It, it, that's a very fragile molecule. So the idea of taking that and cloning it, I don't think it's going to be possible. We're going to have to wait till Eden 2.0 when God yeah. <laughs> makes it all over again. And then you get to walk with the dinosaurs. So do you think, do you think it's a possibility? Another question that, you know, people are always asking is, do you think it's a possibility that there are still some dinosaurs that are alive on earth that we haven't seen? Do you think, I know there was a big thing in the Congo. There's always talk of people going down there and trying to find a, something down there. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? You know, there's a lot of current uh, uh, testimonies by native peoples who live in those areas who have seen and heard things that they can't explain. So uh, other researchers have, have uh, followed up on that. Okay, you know, Mokele Mombembe is the one mm -hmm. that they talk about from Africa, but Ropen, the, the flying pterodactyl-like creature uh, has been sighted many times. So uh, there's a team in Papua New Guinea right now, I guess, trying to capture one. So oh, wow. that'd be really cool if they did that. But no, I mean, we haven't examined every square centimeter of the earth. There are, there are deep, deep valleys. I mean, just recently in, in Australia, maybe a decade ago, they, they found forests of things that were called fossil trees. And there they were very happily growing. So yeah, you know, we, there's a lot of earth to explore yet. There's depth in the ocean that we know nothing about. And there certainly has been a lot of very cryptic sightings in the waters. So I don't know. Uh, I guess it, it'd be hard for me to say they're all completely gone because we don't really, really know. Uh, but it's a, it's a it's a great question. <laughs> what what do you, what is your next uh, hope? Like, if you had, you know, if if what what are you praying for? What is the next thing that you? Obviously, we want um, we want this really to impact the world for Christ. We want people to turn their hearts over to the the Lord Jesus. 
Um, what in your mind, you know, as a microscopy expert, what is the next thing down the road for you that you're, you're praying for and you're hoping happens? Well, we really believe in this idea of going out into town. Um, Jesus talked about that sermon on there. And then he went and you watch as you read through the Gospels, you watch how he went through towns and impacted people, changed people's lives. Uh, and so I think that's the, that he wants to, uh, you know, we at first we thought, well, we need to be, big, build a big lab, you know, and, and a big a big attraction, you know. And uh, we repented of that because uh, Jesus did office next to the temple and he didn't be in the street. So he went out in the towns and villages, and I think that's the path that he wants us. So we hope to, um, uh, we hope to replicate our laboratory and maybe centers of excellence around the country that we can train people because uh, the, the methodology of conducting one of these laboratories is teachable. I can train people to do this. So if you're interested as an educator, you have a background in science, uh, you could partner with us. We we the Lord for all the funding and so far He's really taken us. So uh, we would buy a lab and put it up in a place like State College, Pennsylvania, and train people. We would fly in as necessary uh, to help and support and do teaching if we need to. But our goal is to set these up around the country so that other homeschool communities and even public school communities can take advantage of this. Schools we want all of our students to understand. The hard part is that all the parents want to take the lab. You know, they, why can't we be in the lab? Yeah, <laughs> It's really hard for me because I do want them to take it too. But, you know, this is about the children right now. It's about the students. We got to take care of them. We got to get them fired up. Uh, not questioning the word of God. We can't have our students questioning the word of God. It is accurate. It is believable. It is, it's worth putting your life investment into and I would say if you haven't started reading this amount, Matthew 5 and 7, read it every day. Read it every day. It's changed my life. It's such a great, it's all you need to know to follow the Lord. So uh, people can partner with us. We're also, uh, you know, we're a 503, so uh, we're dependent on uh, helping us. But we're all volunteers. Nobody makes any doing this. We're spending our social actually <laughs> to do this but you know it's important nobody else is doing it and, and somebody's got to do it so it's us yeah that, that is fantastic um so for those of you just tuning in my guest is uh, dr mark armitage and he is um uh, his website is dstri.org uh please check that out and uh, like he's saying, if you want to get involved and make a difference, there's all, all kinds of ways you can make a difference by inviting them to town or uh, supporting them financially or maybe becoming a volunteer. Um, yeah, we need so people on digs. We'd like to have people on digs. We need van drivers to drive our rig across the country uh, and, and volunteers. We train volunteers at the site. So if you want to be an adult volunteer in the lab to help work with the students, because these are sophisticated instruments and we train you first. And so then they help to work with the students. So we have a lot of needs. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, we're just about out of time here. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Dr. Armitage, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And um, I think, you know, I'm going to be looking for opportunities to 
make something like this happen here in Southern California. Um, there's a lot of, uh, we've got a homeschool, mini homeschool convention coming up here, a one day conference and some other people that uh, we've got a pretty big homeschool community. So I'm going to spread the word. Um, have you ever, oh, I meant to ask you, have you ever talked to, um, there's a guy I've interviewed over at um, Liberty University, the creation uh, engineering department. Have you ever talked to, uh, I'm blanking on his name, Horstemeyer? Dr. Horstmeyer, Mark, have you? Mark Horstmeyer, yes. yes. Yes, I know him. Sadly, we haven't had a lot of uh, encouragement from uh, uh, a lot of the Christian creationist organizations. So why uh, that is, uh, but that's okay, you know. Uh, but if people, if, if homeschoolers or educators want to partner with us, that's really what we're focusing on right now, taking this lab out. We are writing books. we got a new book in the works. Uh, but that's what we're focusing on right now. And so, uh, but it'd be, it'd be great. It'd be great to connect with, because uh, I'm a graduate of Liberty University. So it'd be great to connect with folks there. And, uh, uh, and whoever wants us to come, we'd be happy to come and we don't charge. That's wonderful. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to spread the word. And uh, I'm sure that there are people listening that are going to spread the word also. So again, thank you so much for everything you're doing. It's incredible. Thank you, Kevin. We really appreciate the opportunity. And everybody can, you know, you can, you can email me. If you contact me at district, I'll give you my cell number. You can even text me. That's how open we are to talking to people. So yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. And uh, God bless you. Thank you so much.